Hello. Welcome to another episode of The Principal Voice, a podcast sponsored by the Ontario Principals Council, or OPC. My name is Peggy Sweeney. The OPC is the professional association representing more than 5,400 principals and vice principals in elementary and secondary schools in Ontario. We develop and deliver professional development for school leaders, provide legal advice and support, and advocate for public education. Our provincial office is based in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Our guest today is Alison Otten, the Executive Director of the OPC. Welcome, Alison. Thanks, Peggy. It's nice to be here. We're here today, Alison, to talk about the strategic plan that's been developed by the OPC and what it means for our members. So I want to start by asking you, what is a strategic plan? Really, it reflects two things, both a process as well as ultimately a product in the form of a document. And that document should identify the organization's key priorities and help us to know how we should best spend both our human capital and our financial resources. So in 2018, the OPC celebrated our 20th anniversary. Why do we need a strategic plan now, 20 years in? I should begin by acknowledging that OPC has always operated in a way that is both strategic and planful. But at the 20-year mark, our executive, our council, and our senior staff felt that it was time to go back to our members and ask them whether we're still on course, and in particular, whether the goals that they have for their professional association were still being met by OPC. Okay, so how did this come about? How was the plan developed? We began by conducting a search, an RFP, for an expert company that could help us work through the strategic plan process. And ultimately, as a result of that, we retained the Portage Group. And we did that quite deliberately because we were really looking for a very savvy and experienced facilitator who could work with and through and bring together the ideas of a membership and its leadership who are, by definition, type A's, very articulate and very strong in their views. And we needed a facilitator who could help us to blend those voices. Once we had chosen the Portage Group, we then engaged in what I'd call a, a mapping exercise that helped us to identify key timelines to engage in this planning exercise. Ultimately, we did so over 11 months, and we invested $50,000 to get to our end point. Now, was there any kind of consultation process involved? Like, who did you talk to, and how was that process carried out? There was an extensive consultation process. In fact, Portage Group told us one of the most extensive that they had been part of as a strategic plan facilitator. But that was our goal from the beginning because we felt that we had to engage in a variety of ways and with a variety of people. So, uh, for example, if I talk about the executive's commitment to the STRAT plan process, I would tell you that they invested multiple days over the course of that fiscal year, 1819, 
working on the plan. Each time that council came together in that year, uh, which was three times in total, they invested hours of time uh, looking at the plan, providing advice, tweaking it. We also did both phone and written interviews of what we call thought leaders. Thought leaders internal to OPC, so for example, some district presidents, uh, those who lead our professional learning out in the field, and members were interviewed in that fashion. We also had external thought leaders, representatives from the media, from government, from other education stakeholders, and from our sister associations, both domestically but also internationally. And then finally, and most importantly, we had a, an extensive member survey that we put into the field, and we have the benefit of advice from 1,100 of our members. So that's almost uh, 20% of our membership engaging with us through this process. And for those listening to us, if you're interested uh, and want a more in-depth review of the results of the survey, then you can go to our website and look under the tab, Who We Are, and then click on Strategic Plan. So that sounds like a lot of consultations, a lot of meeting, and a lot of time was spent. What did that consultation tell you? I think it's appropriate to answer that question through some different lenses. First, I want to talk about the context or information that we received that really speaks to those factors out there, those societal factors out there that are driving change and trend in education. And there were three that topped the charts. Firstly, it is clear that economic pressures are really driving a reality for us right now where we have limited resources. And that limiting, limited funding is really impacting on how we can serve students, uh, particularly those with complex learning needs, and the places where we're serving students. So doing so in a very aging infrastructure in terms of schools. Another key driver to change in our sector is all about uh, work intensification of our principals and vice principals. We are seeing their work uh, grow and expand and become more complex because of school safety issues, uh, student mental health, and that in turn is having a real impact on our members' own well-being, as well as the number of people who are willing to contemplate administration as a career and move into leadership positions. Finally, the, the third area where we're really seeing some interesting impact is all around social media. And what we know is that social media has really opened up the education sector and that there is a much greater scrutiny around what's happening in the school, school-based decisions, students' decisions, and parents' decisions. And that, too, is driving change in the sector. So I'm looking at a copy of the strategic plan here, and I notice that it talks about four pillars of the plan. What are those four pillars? Talk to me about those. What we heard from members is that they belong to the OPC, because they rely on us to provide member support, advocacy, professional learning, 
and to connect with them. And in effect, that information translated into our four driving purposes for existence as an organization. So member support is the first. And when I talk about member support, really what we mean is our commitment to uh, supporting members who are facing employment challenges. It also refers to all of the work that we do in the terms and conditions space, negotiations, both provincially and locally. Then we have a pillar that's all about advocacy. And that means being able to develop nonpartisan but highly persuasive opinions and papers that are then taken forward to the government and to other stakeholders to try and influence the work that PEs and VPs do every day. The third strategic priority for us is all about professional learning. And what we heard from our members is that we need to continue to make sure that professional learning meets you where you're at. It's responsive to your needs. We heard that you're not interested in taking multi-hour, multi-day courses, but rather you want just-in-time learning that you might, for example, be able to add, uh, access on a podcast uh, while driving home. And then finally, our fourth strategic priority is all about member engagement. And that has to continue to be a core focus for us. And it's a two-way street. It doesn't just mean that we are talking at and to members. It means that we are finding ways to hear from members and know what it is that you really care about. So it sounds like there is a real benefit to have a strategic plan on behalf of the organization. The OPC is made up of principals and vice principals. Tell me from their viewpoint as the role that they carry on in a school, what does the, st the strategic plan mean for and to them? What it means is that every action that we take, every time we spend human or financial resources, that we're doing so in a way that is aligned and absolutely laser focused on those four priorities. So let me give you a couple of examples that come to mind. Firstly, in terms of our strategic priority for member support, we know that that support has to be available, timely, and highly experienced. And so very early on, almost immediately after approving our strategic plan, we moved to hire a new protective services consultant so that we could ensure that we are properly resourcing that member priority. Another example I'd give you, uh, Peggy, is advocacy. So we know that violent incidents in schools are increasing. And we believe very strongly that that is a societal issue. It's not just uh, an issue that can be fixed or responded to by schools. And what we also know is that it's having a huge impact on work intensification for principals and vice principals and student achievement. That means that when we host our Queen's Park Day, we will be preparing and delivering an advocacy paper that is focused on violent incidents in schools and our recommendations about how we can get after and help to address that problem. 
And so that is a good example where our advocacy alignment is in keeping with that strategic priority and what we've been hearing from our members. So this isn't just some bureaucratic administrative plan in the office. This is actually going to impact and affect every one of the principals and vice principals that belong to the OPC. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. And what it's going to do is give us a common language to understand the work that's happening at OPC and for members to evaluate the value add of your professional association to assess whether we're getting it right, whether we're translating your needs into action in a responsible way. Okay. I also noticed that this is a three-year plan. Is that common and why would it be for a multi-year time frame? That's a good question and actually it's one about which we had some debate internally because obviously when you invest almost a year and significant financial resources in a product, you want it to have value for as long as possible. And so the question was, is three years too short? Should we try and extend it to, say, five years? On the other hand, a strategic plan has to be nimble. It can't become, as you've said, too bureaucratic. It has to be responsive. And so our thinking is that we engage in this plan for a three-year horizon. And at that point in time, we'll then evaluate whether we ought to start fresh or whether we're in a position to simply tweak the plan and continue to move it forward for additional years. Okay. You mentioned earlier that the results of the survey that were conducted prior to the finalization of the strategic plan are on our website. Uh, What about the entire report and the other documents? Can members find those on the website as well? Absolutely, and in the same place. So again, if they go to the website, enter their member number, click on the tab, who we are, and then finally the next drop-down tab, which is strategic plan, they'll be able to access the full plan. In addition, we're making a, a real effort to communicate broadly about the plan and how we're doing in terms of implementing it. So we often have information contained in the president's message, which goes out every Monday, uh, and are really committed to sharing the work that we're doing on members' behalf. Allison, this sounds like it was a very long and detailed and time-consuming process. You've managed to describe this for our members in this short period of time on the podcast. It sounds like it will directly impact them and their work in a positive way. So I thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. Members, I hope that you have the chance to go to our website, take a look at our strategic plan, the background documents, the results of the member survey, and understand what this is and how it will impact you. And if you have any questions, you can always call our office or email our office. Allison, thank you for being here today and talking about our strategic plan. My pleasure. Thanks for joining us, everyone.